you start thinking about some of the things that have come your way, some of these disguises, you don't know but it may be one of your best blessings. Would you open your Bible, please, to Romans chapter 8? There's a humorous story about a 45-year-old woman that had a heart attack. And, of course, they rushed her to the uh, hospital. The ambulance came to her home, rushed her to the hospital. While she was in surgery, she had a supernatural near-death experience. And she met God. And she was all bewildered and she said, God, has my time come? And God told her, no, you have 43 years, two months, and eight days more to live. Go on back. She said, oh. So the surgery was a success. And she came out of it and she thought, huh, I got 43 years left. So she decided what she would do is get plastic surgery and she got liposuction, and she got abdominal fat removal, and she called up her hairstylist to change her hairstyle, and she called an orthodontist to perform a teeth lifting, whatever that is, and she figured if she had so much time in front of her that she should live in the best way possible. And so after the plastic surgery was all done, um, she went out, um, she bought a brand new dress, brand new shoes to match, and she walked out of the, the store across the street and got hit by the same ambulance who ran over her and killed her. And when she got to heaven, she saw God and demanded to know what happened. And she said, you told me I had 43 more years. Why didn't you save me from that ambulance? And God answered, I didn't recognize you. <laughs> That's what we're finding now with COVID. Because we're all running around with masks on. And some of the masks are really hilarious looking. And some are just very plain looking. But the masks often hide facial features that we depend on to recognize. And sometimes it takes us a minute. You know, who is it behind that mask? You know, I didn't recognize you. About a year ago, I happened to see something by accident on um, the internet, and they were advertising for a face mask, a realistic face mask. Uh, guys, do you have that picture? Still working on it? Okay, well, I want to show this to you because I thought, hmm, I'm going to have a little fun with that. So um, it's a full face mask and uh, you put it on and it makes you look like an old man. There are people that might think I don't need a face mask to look like an old man, but are we ready? Okay, I want you to see this. This is, uh, this is really cute. And here it comes. <laughs> ah, there we are. 
Now, that is not me wearing it. That's someone else wearing it. But you get the idea? And so what I did was I went down to the Value Village and I, uh, I bought you know, some cheap, old-looking clothes. And I got it home and my wife was in the backyard. So I got all dressed up with this thing and found myself a kind of a stick of a cane or something. And I came hobbling around the house into the backyard and she looked at me and she didn't know who I was. And are you all right? Are you all right? She thought I, w- I had wandered. I was an old senile man and I'd wandered into the backyard. Well, anyhow, finally she recognized my shoes. And so <laughs> uh, we had a good laugh over that. Uh, but that concept, oh, I didn't recognize you. She didn't know it was me. Well, today, I'm going to speak on that subject. I didn't recognize you. And I want you all to see how oftentimes God will take a blessing and he'll wrap it in a disguise. And the disguise will often look like a problem. And he'll send it our way. So let's begin with prayer. Our Father God, we love you with all our hearts. And we thank you that you make no mistakes in our lives. And so please bless our Bible study today. Bless the preaching. Bless the hearts. And Father, please encourage us in the faith to look beyond circumstance and to see the good hand of God. These are crazy days the world finds itself in with war over in Europe. A war that has shattered 77 years of peace in Europe. Father, we don't know. It could spread. Some think it could be World War III, the beginning of World War III. We don't know. But we do know this, that somehow there's going to be a blessing. Lord, help us not to miss it. Now, we don't live in Europe. We live here. And so our problems are here. And help us, Father, to... Look past these problems and see the good hand of God. Bless us today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's take a look, folks, at the context in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and if you look, please, at verse 17, it indicates here that we're God's children. Of course, God's children with Christ. You notice that? Joint heirs with Christ. You can only be God's child if you come through Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ, not communion, not baptism, nothing else, nothing else. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. The only way. Okay? Imagine if someone, be they a teenager or a child or a grown adult, they come and they knock on your door. You open the door, and they look at you and they say, Mom, or they say, Dad, and you're looking at them. Do I know you? Don't you know me? Don't you recognize me? I'm your son. You're not my son. I know my kids. You're not my son. Well, right away, in that illustration, you'd see, oh, someone's made a mistake, right? But if the mom or the dad, or both, made the necessary arrangements to adopt that person, you see now, if they come to the door, mom, dad, they'd say, son, come on in. And that's the same way how we get to heaven. We come through Jesus Christ. Being religious is is a good beginning. It's a good start. But it certainly won't get you to heaven. 
You can be baptized so many times that you drown. You could live at the communion table until we have to take you by ambulance to the hospital. None of those things will get anyone to heaven. It's only when you come through the person of Jesus Christ. That's the glorious gospel message. That's why the church is in business, is to take that message far and wide all throughout the earth. That's why we believe in missionaries. And so, verse 18, now we get into the suffering part, you see. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present life are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Right away, right there, right, right there, you see. There's glory wrapped with some suffering. Now, most of us, and listen, it's human nature. It's human nature. We stay away from suffering. We see suffering, ooh, you got the wrong door. It's the next door you want. And we try and push off any kind of pain or suffering or tears. And that's normal. That's the way we are. But sometimes, you know, you can't tell suffering, oh, it's the next door. Down. Or I don't know who you're looking for, no one here, because they know. Suffering has found you. Whether you like it or not, want it or not, it's going to happen. If it hasn't happened already, there's going to be pains Little pains, big pains, there's going to be suffering. That's what it says here in verse 18. But suffering is a blessing in disguise. Just like it says here in verse 18. We go down here to verse 20. For the creature, that's us, was made subject to vanity. Say, what's that vanity? It's like emptiness. It's like the sufferings back in verse 18. Not willingly, of course not, but by reason of him, that's God, who hath subjected the same in hope. There it is again. Hope and blessings, but it comes wrapped in suffering. And the word here in verse 18 is vanities. Uh, verse 20, I mean. If you look at verse 21, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. Well, that's, that's us. Um, if you do nothing to maintain the body, it, it goes bad. Human bodies have to be maintained. We've got to wash them. Right? We've got to use soap. Sometimes it's nice to use a little bit of perfume or cologne. Helps. We try and keep the body out of things that cause harm, accident, disease. We try and you know, protect the body that way. Right? We try and feed the body the right things. That's another thing you've got to do. If you don't feed your body, eventually it's going to get really sick and it could die. So you've got to feed it. Also, you've got to put it to bed and give it a few hours sleep, right? These are all different things we have to do with the body. Because the body normally, naturally, is in a state of decay. When I was a young, good-looking guy, I was made of steel and rubber. I could bounce back from most anything. But now, I, I'm very careful what I bounce from, what I run into, because I don't bounce back that quick. And I've got uh, arthritis, and gout, and neuropathy. And for those who don't know what neuropathy is, praise the Lord, you don't know anything about it. And I got about close to a 10, 10 or so other little ailments that I won't mention. And uh, it's all part of the old man health club routine. All these things. Didn't have these things when I was younger. So why do we have to get old? Why does our hair have to turn gray or fall out? Why do we have to get wrinkles and things? I know there's people out there that'll try and tell you, 
Oh, no, you don't have to have wrinkles. If you uh, buy our magic elixir or, you know, wash your face in uh, cow's milk every day, you know, know, it won't happen to you. But uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with uh, some of these concoctions. Um, I use a couple concoctions myself. Uh, So there's nothing per se wrong with them, but it's God's design. It's the normal, natural design of God for our bodies to start to get older and weaker. We can't lift as much weight as we used to, you know. We can't do what we used to. We used to be able to jump over the moon. Now we can't even jump over the dining room table. By the way, I used to chase my wife around the dining room table. Now (laughs) she has to wait for me to catch up. You know, that's just normal. It's just natural design. And here we're told about this corruption. And that's the way it is. Look in verse um, 23. And not only they, but ourselves also. We're talking about groaning here. You see verse 21 talks about groaning. Verse 21, that's us. We're groaning, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves. Our body's grown. My body groaned getting out of bed this morning. Standing here, I got a few little groans going on. That's normal. It's what we're subject to, folks. But through it all, look at verse 28. We know. Read it out loud with me, please. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. You see, what we're being told here, God has blessings, and he often wraps them in a disguise. A disguise. Now, I'd like you to see a good example of this, if you don't mind turning back to the book of Joshua. Joshua is the sixth book in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Joshua chapter number 5. It's quite the, uh, quite the story. Joshua was a great man of God. They had just crossed over into the promised land. And they had taken down... Um, uh, no, Jericho, verses chapter 6. That's right. And they were just about to take down Jericho. And so chapter 5 and verse 13 says, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. Uh Uh-oh, who's this? Is this trouble? That's all I need, says Joshua. More trouble. And so he walks over. He went up to him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Which side are you on, fella? Us or them? Verse 14, and and he, that's this man standing there, said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? Many Bible scholars, theologians believe that this was the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ standing before Joshua that day. Joshua didn't know. There was a disguise. Here was a guy with a sword in his hand. Well, that could be trouble. It was a blessing. It was God sending a blessing wrapped in the body of a guy with a sword. 
And that's why Joshua fell on his face and worshipped him. Angels don't receive worship. God receives worship. That's why we think it was the pre-incarnate Christ. There's a true story. I, I actually saw it on a YouTube a few years ago. A woman down in the States, her, her husband had been deployed uh, over to Afghanistan. And so he was gone for who knows how long. And she had now a very empty life, no husband. He was over there, she was over here. And so some of her friends, you know, encouraged her, hey, come on, you know, let's, let's go out to a restaurant or something. Uh, okay, all right. So anyhow, they're walking down the street and there's this, um, this pushy street person acting like a jerk, uh, trying to come onto her a bit. And, you know, she pushes this guy away and he pulls off his sunglasses and his hat and it's her husband. He, he got sent home and, oh, <laughs> Well, you see the disguise and he was pushy and obnoxious and she was offended by this, but she didn't realize who was underneath that hat and sunglasses. You see, a blessing comes wrapped in a disguise and this particular disguise looked like trouble. I mean, who wants a pushy street person coming on you, right? Or who wants to be minding their own business in the backyard when a senile old man comes wandering into the the backyard. I mean, whoa. Uh, but God has blessings, that's for sure. Um, the Bible gives us many examples of this. Joseph, the son of Jacob, was hated and despised by his 11 brothers. They hated him. And so they decided they would get rid of him. You remember the story? Yeah. And they told Jacob, their father, oh, dad, it's terrible. Here's that beautiful coat you made. Look, it's all full of blood. This is the coat you made for him. Oh, that's my son's coat. Meanwhile, Joseph had been thrown into a pit, hauled up and then sold to a bunch of nomads who took him down to Egypt and sold him down there. And so here he ends up, he goes from a pit, gets into, he gets in, boy, there's a bad experience too, if you're ever down a pit. And then he gets hauled up, sold into slavery. That's human trafficking, by the way which is still a terrible problem here in this country. Human trafficking still going on. Terrible. And so they, they took him. They took him down to Egypt. And a guy named Potiphar bought him to be his household slave. Well, the blessing of God was in there and he started to, uh, to get on his feet. And then Potiphar's wife did that terrible thing and tried to accuse him of molesting her. And so then... Joseph now ends up in the prison. He's now a prisoner in a terrible prison. And all these things were hard things for Joseph to have to, to put up with and experience. And it was terrible disguise. But do you remember what was inside, the blessing that was inside? Do you remember that? <laughs> we had a cell phone ringing in a bag. <laughs> tick, 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 tick. Better dunk it in water. Yeah, they'll know what to do with it. Uh, so anyhow, um, Joseph himself later, after he becomes prime minister of all Egypt, now there's the blessing, and he says to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And I don't know if I would react any better than Joseph. I'm sure I would react worse than Joseph 
You know, if my brothers did that to me and then sold me into slavery and then I was taken down to Egypt and sold to Potiphar and then accused of something I didn't do and then thrown into prison, you know, and I'm there for years. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how my chipper attitude would hold up in something like that. But God was with him through all of those dark days and finally the disguise came off and there's the blessing. He's made prime minister and he's able to save the lives of his whole family from the famine. Now there's a good example there. Oh, I didn't recognize you. Blessing? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was you. I didn't recognize you. Give you another quick example of Daniel. Daniel, of course, he's accused. He's taken. He's thrown into the lion's den. There's a disguise. But the blessing was God closed the mouths of the lions and in the morning the king came to the, the opening there and said, O oh, da- oh, Daniel, <laughs> is God able you know, to deliver you? He is able to deliver. And he is. And they hauled up Daniel and they threw the accusers in there and before their bodies hit the ground, I think they were in the mouths and tummies of the lions. Happened pretty quick. And then God exalted Daniel. You know, there's the blessing, but it, it came in a funny-looking disguise, didn't it? That was a terrible experience. There's all kinds of these stories. Our Savior, He came to this world 2,000 years ago. Hooray for the Savior. And when He got into His ministry at 30 years of age, hooray, the miracles He's doing, the great preaching and sermons. He walked on the water. He raised the dead. You can't do any more to prove to people that you are who you say you are. And he was the Messiah. He was God of very God there in the flesh. And yet the people said, we will not have this man reign over us. And they rejected him. And the disciples who were saved and the others who were saved and saw this terrible thing happen, the kangaroo court and the condemnation and take him to be crucified. And many of them stood there and watched as the Savior was publicly crucified. And this was a terrible disguise, wasn't it? Horrible, horrible, horrible. How could this happen? But on the third day, he tore open the bars of death and rose from the dead. Hallelujah, he's alive. It'll soon be Easter time. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Wow, hallelujah. We don't serve a dead hero, do we? You know, all of the other founders of world religions, they're dead. Their bodies and bones are in the grave. But our Savior rose from the dead. Listen, if the the Jewish leaders could have produced the body of Jesus, that would have stopped it all right there. Oh, you think he's alive, do you? You say he's risen. Uh, Gentlemen, bring in exhibit, Exhibit A. And they'd bring in the body. Is that, is that the body of your Savior? Oh, yes, I'm afraid it is. Oh, it's a dark day. And the disciples would have turned and dispersed. But they couldn't find the body. And they had the power and resources to do it. And they couldn't find the body. Why? Because there was no body to find. He rose from the grave, folks. There's the blessing. But it came wrapped in a very ugly disguise, didn't it? A baby is born. Oh, joy. Hallelujah. A baby girl. 
a baby is born. But then a doctor makes the mistake and puts the wrong drops in the baby's eyes. And the baby goes blind. Now, if that had happened to you, what would you do? How would you feel? Would you turn to God and say, why did you do this? Would you turn against God? My baby, my beautiful baby girl is now blind for the rest of her life. My baby, my poor baby, my precious little Fanny Crosby. It was because of this terrible disguise called blindness that God brought one of the greatest blessings into our lives in the way of Christian hymn and song, Fanny Crosby. She wrote, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. She wrote that. She wrote, Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus our blessed Redeemer. She wrote, To God be the glory, great things He hath done. She wrote, Jesus keep me near the cross. There a precious fountain. She wrote, Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. She wrote, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. She wrote, Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. She wrote, A wonderful Savior is Jesus my Lord. And she wrote, I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice. And it told thy love to me. And she wrote, Tis the blessed hour of prayer when our hearts slowly bend. And she wrote, Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. And she wrote something like eight or nine hundred hymns, many of which we have in our hymn book and we love them and we sing them and what a blessing and joy to our hearts. And it increases our faith and our patience, our love for the Lord, our service for Him as we sing these great, wonderful old hymns. And it's nothing like some of the stuff they're putting on the screens in some of the modern churches today. They're tuneless little choruses and they repeat, repeat, repeat while people go into a trance or something, waving their arms. They've got nothing of the meat and potatoes that hymns like Fanny Crosby wrote. I'll tell you, you can't compare the two. It's like comparing the, the, the Encyclopedia Britannica with a comic book. Quite a difference. Praise the Lord for Fanny Crosby. Yeah, but she had to be blind in order to do it. Did you know that some blind people see better than some people who are not blind? Did you know that? They see things in life with far more clarity than some of us who have both eyes and 20-20 vision. I'm sorry, I didn't recognize you. And we know that all things work together for good. So you start thinking about some of the things that have come your way. Some of these disguises. You don't know. But it may be one of your best blessings. I've had a number of them happen to me in my life. George Frederick, Frederick Handel The story is told of Handel, the great composer, 
at a point in his life when his health and his finances were at a very low point. And his creditors were threatening him with imprisonment. And he was actually suffering from partial paralysis. This was the lowest possible point in his life. And it was at this point he rose to his greatest heights of creative experience and genius. It was during this time that he went into seclusion and got alone with God and fellowship with God as never before. And he sat down and he started to write the greatest of his oratorios, Handel's Messiah. With a hallelujah chorus. Huh. The notes seemed to fly off his pen. What a blessing. But you see how it came at the lowest point in his life. I may not know the particulars of your disguised visitor, but I know something. God has promised you all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You can claim that promise today. I'd like you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. This is the last verse we're going to look at, and then we're going to close in prayer. Matthew chapter 7. These are the words of the Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 7. He's finishing up the Sermon on the Mount. And I want you to see what he says in verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Pause right there. The will of his Father is for us to believe on the Son. That's how we get to heaven, is through the person of Jesus Christ. Verse number 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You know, it's one thing to say, I didn't recognize you. And it's something else to say, I never knew you. Those are going to be sad, sad words to a lot of people one day. When they stand before Jesus Christ, after they've lived their life and they've done all their religious things, they've gone to church, they've even read the Bible, they've sung hymns. Some have been involved with casting out devils. Some have been involved in prophesying. Some have been involved in doing wonderful works. And they're thinking, surely... There's a place for me only to be told by Jesus, who are you? I never knew you. And they can't get to heaven. Well, if you're here today or perhaps you're watching online, if you don't know Jesus Christ personally, never get to heaven. Never. Never get to heaven. You can know about Jesus, but that's not good enough. I tell you, I know about the Prime Minister of Canada. 
I've seen his picture. I think I could recognize his face. There are things I know about him. But if you ask me, do I know him personally? If I stood in front of him, and he stood in front of me, and I said, Peter! No, sorry. I'm an old goat. Yeah, that, that's from going back there a few decades. His father was Pierre. Justin, Justin, right, yeah. Justin! <laughs> I got it right, didn't I? Okay, you correct me if I get it wrong. Anyhow, I said to him, you get the idea? Justin! And he'd look at me and say, who are you? Yeah, and then the RCMP would jump me. And I go, many, many years ago when I lived in the city of Ottawa, I thought, hey, I'm right here, I live here, and 24 Sussex, that's the residence of the Prime Minister, it's here in Ottawa, I may as well pay the Prime Minister a visit. I don't believe I had the guts to do this, but I uh, walked up the driveway of 24 Sussex. Guess how far I got? Ten feet was about it. And I was met by the RCMP, loaded with firepower, and uh, anyhow, I was escorted off the property. <laughs> they didn't know me. They didn't know me. Sadly, though, isn't that what's going to happen? That's exactly what's going to happen with people who think, oh, I'm getting to heaven because I know who Jesus is. Well, good for you, but does he know you? You see the difference. Uh, listen, I'm not going to ask you if you're going through a, a trouble, a problem, a trial, I'm not going to ask you if you've had financial problems and you're struggling financially or if you've got health problems and you're struggling with your health or you've got family problems, you're struggling with your family or you've got work-related problems, you're struggling at work or you've got school-related problems, you're struggling at school or who knows, maybe your, your car has just died, given up the ghost. Whatever your problems are, I can promise you the Lord has something in mind. And if you will give these things over to the Lord, even today, and say, Lord, here's my problem, and give it over to the Lord, then let the Lord pull the mask off, and he will. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, he'll pull the mask off, and you'll see the blessing. You will see the blessing. Would you stand to your feet, please? We'll have a word of prayer. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.